0: This episode is brought to you by The Secret Garden, starring Sierra Boggess. Now playing through March 26th
1: at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
2: Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to our very special Lucy Simon celebration. This is episode five In the Works. We are thrilled to welcome Tony Award winning lyricist Susan Birkenhead, Tony Award winning actor and director Victoria Clark director, playwright, and associate director, Emily Mann, and our host, former Rolling Stone writer, editor, and Broadway producer, Lorraine Boyle. Today we explore Lucy's new project, On Cedar Street, a musical adaptation of Ken Tariff's book, Our Souls at Night. Let's begin.
3: This morning we're going to talk about Lucy Simon's next project, which she's been working on with Emily Mann. Susan Birkenhead, and Victoria Clark, and they're all here with us. Emily, I think you started the ball on this, am I right or not? You and Lucy, tell us about that.
0: Yes, Lucy and I did, but Lucy started it, um, she asked uh, Michael Weller to introduce us. We'd always wanted to meet, and we did at an event, and um, she said, I want to do a musical with you. And I thought, oh my, uh, <laughs> I was very surprised. But we looked into each other's eyes and we thought, yes, we must work together. And I adored her work and she seemed to like mine. And so we started looking for what the story would be. It was Lucy who came up with Our Souls at Night by Kent harif And it was then that um, we wanted to bring Susan on board as lyricist. And to begin with, Victoria Clark as our leading lady. And mm. then she said, mm, yes, maybe, and. And she talked about wanting to be directing. And uh, uh, Lucy and I fell in love with um, Vicky and her thoughts about the play. And everyone I talked to said she was an astounding director. And we went, well, let's go. So that's how it began.
3: Okay, so you, you started with this book, which was, I, I guess, a popular book when mm-hmm. it came out. Um, and it was made into a movie with Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. Um, but mm-hmm. why did it lend itself to a musical? I don't know. Well, that was my question
4: when I was asked <laughs> to join. And, um, and I was skeptical because it didn't feel like a musical to me. I asked a lot of questions and and said, you know, we have to find the conflict. We have to essentially, we have to read the material, digest it, and throw it away and create our own musical, which we did. Um, we're blessed with Vicky, who has a great dramaturgical sense, and Emily has too, because Emily is also, you know, a director and a writer and um and so we sort of hammered out this story which does depart in fact we we went further and used a lot of material from other kantara books think you should certainly speak about this yeah
5: oh i mm-hmm. i just i think we're we're all very multitasky and one of the reasons i love this group um well, all of us are moms, right? And we've all we've all had at least one husband. Some of us have had two, <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> um, so I feel like, and we're all, you know, of a certain age, and we we all just were simpatico about our own experiences and felt a, enough trust and safety within the group to share um, why we were drawn to the material. And so I think it reflects. The um, life experience and the wisdom of four women who um, want our stories to be told, because um, there's, as we know, a lot of ageism and sexism going on, and as well as to create a piece that will would involve older actors. There's, you know, there's a lot, of, there's not a lot of work for for actors over fifty or fifty five, and our show at the moment has at least five roles for people over 60 and probably seven or eight roles for people over 50. And we were really committed to that and to telling a story about two people finding love who never thought they were going to find love again. And the other thing about this team, which is incredible, is that everybody started as an actor or a singer. So Emily and and Susan, when when we read through material, I just divvy up the parts and let them read it. And hearing the authors speak the lines, and speak the lyrics and sing really informs the piece and helps me hear how they envision the piece. So I feel mm-hmm. that their background as actors is is really critical to this piece.
3: And how does Lucy's music enter into this, Susan? Well, Lucy and I
4: worked together over the years, a lot of years. We actually worked on four shows. Um, so I, I'm very familiar with Lucy's music, and um, we have always written together very easily. It's funny if there are any um, clashes in the creative process; it has to do with differences in aesthetics or, or in you know we 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 have two different sensibilities. But when we come together to write music, it's the easiest collaboration I think I've ever had. Um, But also, in talking about these people who live in Colorado and the High Plains and and the story, I realized that Lucy and I had a treasure chest of wonderful songs that we had once done for a musical called Prairie um, that was never done um, for a variety of reasons having to do with book and several book writers, and and that we should mine some of that material if it was still usable, and, you know, we could just take lift the music out and write new lyrics for it. And so we explored some of that stuff, and Prairie Rose is, you know, chief among those songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a couple of others that, you know, it was a great score, and, and we always... It was. ...regretted the fact that it
0: never really made its way to the stage. There's still time. <laughs> I have to say also for for, um, for me coming on, Not a, I've only done one musical before this, All Black Musical with Ntozake Shange and um, by Keita Carroll in the eighties and early nineties. And so it was exciting for me to learn from the A-team of musical theater, um, how to write a book for the theater. And what I loved about working with all three women is their encouragement of allowing the characters to be as complex as they would be in a play. Mm-hmm. And that we could in fact um, have room for both the um, real and complicated characters real scenes Mm. and then what I found thrilling was how they would as I think it was Susan who said yes we're going to cannibalize your scenes and make (laughs) uh, make songs here and I found the whole process so thrilling and because I also like Um, to use um, very spare language when I write they were also encouraging of that so that the least amount of my dialogue um, uh, is being used to launch these incredible songs by Susan and Lucy so that's been a thrilling part of the process for me and and wonderful to know that you know i'm going to encourage my playwright friends if they haven't been writing books for musicals because they you know so many of us think oh well it's all about the songs and and you know the books are often you know so so thin. um mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go that way i mean and so uh, it's just been a great process
5: i have to say um i think you're a natural at
0: this emily
5: i really do and i hope you you keep finding musicals to write because it is so much more than just the dialogue, right? You, you need someone yeah. who's great at structure and story yeah, and someone who really is mapping an arc of a story and you're, you're really good at it. You're really good at it. And it just to have, just, just to know where the songs come and go and 90% of what we've done or a hundred percent has, we started during the pandemic. And so right. we, we've only been in person together, um, maybe three half times, a dozen,
4: three of
5: half three. a dozen times at the most, just, you know, maybe five and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, everything else has been done over zoom and sending each other material. And um, that part has been really challenging. Um, but also, uh, you know, somehow we've been able to create an incredible amount of work and we've substanti- we're already at the point where we've had a reading. Uh, we submitted to the O'Neill festival and made it to the very end. Made it to the top four musicals out of musicals that were submitted from all over the world. Mm. Hundreds of musicals. Um, we were given a reading, a, a virtual reading, by the wonderful Signature Theater in DC. Virginia. So you know we're we're chugging right along, and now but and we've already we, we've gotten to the point in rewrites where we've uh, you know had several songs for certain slots, and so it's. Um, you know, when people stand up and talk about how they worked on their musical and say, oh, it took us seven years. <laughs> we know why. It's because, it's, you know, it's a, it's a process.
3: So you have a new name for it, don't you? It's not Our Souls at Night anymore, or you're still working on... No. That's still...
5: The title has been kind of an odyssey. We've gone through a journey with the title. We've we And we've tried out different things... Um, Right now, we like on Cedar Street because uh-huh, the right. the two people that meet, Addie and Lewis, live on the same street, but they never really interacted before. They happen to live across the street from each other. Um, also, there's a tragedy that happened on that street that involves Addie and her family, um, and so a lot of, happens on this one street, um, and it's a it's a typical it's a typically iconic American kind of title yeah. on Cedar Street, so we know it's an American story. So that's that's the one that's uh, the frontrunner for now, and yeah. I think Lucy favors that title at the moment as well.
3: Susan, you first did a song with her for A, My Name is Alice, right? A very long time ago. Is that is that right? Uh,
4: that's how we met. Well, actually, um, a woman named Joan Micklin-Silver, a film director, yes. yeah.
3: was know, going
4: huh. to do, um, wanted to do a musical of... Um, of her movie, and she called me and she called Lucy and she put us together. And although that musical never came to pass, I mean, it was just... Was that Hester Street? Yes. Mm I didn't know that. She said, but I'm doing this show by, for, and about women, and uh, we'd like you and Lucy to write a song. So I have to say, and Lucy will agree we wrote a great song because we started to think well what what experience has almost every woman on this planet had and at the risk of you know shocking some people almost every woman i know at some point in her life has had some sort of experience with a married man not necessarily a hot and heavy affair or anything, but it's almost universal and so we wrote this great song called happy birthday joe from the point of view of the other woman who misses all the important time the birthdays and the holidays and that was a great song we played it for them and them being joan McLean silver and julianne boyd who were producing it and joan micklin silver leaped up and she said never never i'll never <laughs> allow this song and we looked at each other and we said, but it's a great song. And she said, never. It's so clearly something pushed a Trigger. Button. A little trigger there. And she said, we'll trigger. assign you yeah. a song. We'll just assign you a song. And they assigned us a song about male strippers. And I thought, <laughs> oh, no. I'm out of here. Oh, no. What a terrible story. I said to Lucy, no, we are not going to go to this club they want us to go to. I just won't go. And if they want a song about male strippers, we're going to write a goddamn funny song about male strippers. And so we did.
5: What's the title, Susan? All the Pretty
4: Young Men. <laughs> well, we all nice. have to find that. I, it. I, I to find to listen not know I mean, that
0: song. Absolutely. I can't even remember that.
4: it. But it was just you know these women I, I I don't even know if I would if it would make me laugh if I heard it now, but so that was
5: kind of crazy. I met Lucy doing the original workshop of the Secret garden um I mm-hmm. played Martha, who was Mary's friend mm-hmm. who um you know like the Yorkshire girl and the, her little brother's right, then
3: yeah, the house yeah the yeah maid, so, yeah.
5: So we workshopped it up in um, Saratoga, and then we uh, did the first production at Norfolk, in Norfolk, Virginia, at Norfolk Stage, I think. And um, that's as far as I went with the show. (laughs) Uh,
4: But you were in the show we did together. You were in the show that Lucy and I
5: Yes, I had kind of crazy agents at the time. So when the, our director was kind of let go from the project, and so a new director was brought in, and she wanted to see all of us because she hadn't seen the production. But I had, I had a, a crazy agent who said, oh, you will not go on an audition for her. I said, why not? She doesn't know me. But he advised me not to, and, and she's like, Sorry. I can't cast you. So I lost that job. And um, wonderful Alison <laughs> Fraser took over and was nominated for Tony. <laughs> and she did an astonishing job. And I, she had such a great take on that part. It was like nothing I was doing. So, you know, God bless. She was incredible. But then um, <laughs> Lucy and um, Susan and I worked on a project up at the Long, at long where was that? Long, long, Wharf. Wharf. long Called Wharf. Fanny Hackabout Jones. Oh, yeah. With Erica Jong.
2: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: So, Emily, you're the you're the newest friend of, of Lucy in a way. You just met her a few years ago, right? I am. Before the pandemic.
0: That's right. Um, we became fast friends, really close friends immediately. We sort of, as I said, we sort of fell into each other's eyes and it was sort of <laughs> love. Um And the first thing I did was invite her. I was then um, still artistic director of the McCarter Theater Center Mm -hmm. in Princeton. And every year I did a writer's retreat. So I invited Lucy to come and we had 10 days together and we wrote up a storm. I mean, I wrote the first 25 or so pages and Lucy wrote four songs and, um, a lot of that is still in. Um, yes. We were just on fire. It was also then that we realized how much we needed a director, and we needed Susan. <laughs> we needed a lyricist. Um, those a lot of what Lucy wrote was wonderful. We we knew.
5: I was going to say that one. The opening scene is pretty much intact from your first draft. Yes. yes. So, that, is. so that yeah, is. the spark of what you two created by yourselves, uh, really, uh, it it lit the fire for the whole piece. And, and, and really, you guys knew how you wanted to launch the story. And then once Susan came in, we uh, found an opening number that kind of s- sets the stage for the this, the whole project. And um,
0: yeah, we. <laughs> And we mapped it out. We we really got to know who the people were. We then ended up adding uh the brothers and we but but we already knew the conflict with her son. Mm -hmm. We already knew the pain, you know, deep inside her from her loss that we're not going to reveal here. I'm not gonna do a spoiler alert. Um and We didn't quite have um, the ending, but we had pretty much through, um, you know, if you want to break it into three acts, which one always does as a playwright, you know, um, and even though you might then end up cutting at the midpoint or whenever. um, But the first two acts are pretty, pretty much the same bones. Um, So we, we got very far in 10 days. Yeah. If I may, what Susan really brings to
5: the uh, collaboration? Well, Susan is just got this kick-ass sense of humor and <laughs> right. um, and also just a just a refreshing way of um, staying sort of current and present in this zeitgeist. What and it, believe me, it has changed so many times since we've been working together. We when we met, but the whole the whole we had this cultural revolution. And the murder of george floyd i mean that all that all happened as we were working and and the world was turning upside down and susan brings um you know this great point of view that keeps us from getting too um too sincere and too warm and fuzzy you know she just keeps it really uh, alive and keeps our story really kinetic Um, Which is uh, a great—it's—I think it's a great mix of um, sensibilities that we
3: have.
0: It's what Susan talked about in the beginning. You know how, in some ways, their opposite sensibilities uh, come bust and make for
3: make for great theater. Yeah. Well,
4: but Vicky and I are are a lot about funny. You know, we kept saying funny, funny, we
0: funny. (laughs) So yeah, they both would say to, to to me and Lucy funnier 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 please please.
4: Yeah. yeah, we do need it. We need we need to laugh because we know that um life is not all earnest. Life is messy and even in the midst of tragedy people laugh and find absolutely funny things and so it has to Especially. be reflective in the theater
0: especially in the midst of tragedy
3: exactly it's about survival um i'm very excited that this is an all women project and um dare i say it since i'm one of them too women of a certain age who understand more about life than some of these younger playwrights i think um so i i'm looking forward to seeing this on stage.
5: I just want to say that um, Lucy has, you know, very generously and wisely decided to bring in a collaborator to finish the score and to assist in finishing the project. And so um, we are now working with Carmel Dean, who is an incredible composer. And um, I just wanted to give, her a shout out to say that you know we feel so blessed to have her as part of the team and now she's yeah. our um, our fifth woman <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know uh, Deborah Abramson also worked for worked with us um, for a long time and did some incredible arrangements and s- some incredible work and so we've had our t- our pieces mm-hmm. piece has been touched by some really magical people and uh, we're we feel. I'm very grateful for that and for their contribution.
3: And I thank you so much for giving us your time to pay tribute to Lucy and her music.
5: You know, I've worked with so many composers over the years, and Lucy has a unique gift. And I think her gift is sort of mapping the the course of an emotional progression. And she She really knows what the heart sounds like and what relationships sound like. And she's able to paint love and affection and all kinds of emotions quite eloquently with music. And that is, I think, one of her
1: greatest gifts. Melody has always been my emotional language. It is my God. It is the prehistoric, ancient, mysterious depths of the sea language. I always know where I'm going if I let Melody take me there. From the time I was a child, I could count on it to bring me home. He still can. Somehow I can translate into my source and find the way it should sound for my particular emotion. It helped me write my first song. In seventh grade, I had to recite a poem in front of my class. I chose wink and Blinkin' and Nod, but I couldn't memorize it without a melody. Since then, it has been recorded by many, and Carly and I had hit single with it. I guess there's some good aspects of being dyslexic.
2: Thank you for listening to this final episode of the special Lucy Simon Celebration. If you haven't already, we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes from this five-episode series. Tremendous thanks to our guests Susan Birkenhead, Victoria Clark, Emily Mann, and episode host Lorraine Alterman-Boyle, with narration by me, Lucy Boyle. This episode is produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and Kimberly Garris for the Broadway Podcast Network. Executive producers are Lorraine Boyle and Liz Armstrong. Associate producer is Henny Konisberg. This series is edited by Alan Seals and Dori Berenstein. Thank you to Victoria Traub, Sean Flavin, and Concord Music for their support and partnership on this very special project. Find out more about Lucy Simon, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and more ways to listen to this podcast by visiting bpn.fm slash Lucy Simon.